welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we've got a very special guest with us. It is the fabulous Mr. Colton Broadbent. He is an architectural designer that we've actually done quite a bit of work with lately, and he's become a favorite. We shouldn't say that we have favorites, but we do love Colton. Both um, of <laughs> But we do. One of the things we love about him, and Sue, feel free to add in here, mm-hmm. is he's a very, very, very thoughtful in his home designs. Yep. Yeah, and he's um, got his undergrad in landscape architecture, so I love that he really flies to each site, considers what's going on before he even starts to design a home. Yeah. So very holistic in his approach to designs. I also love that Colton's still, he's a student of like always, and we kind of think of ourselves as that too. We're always learning, searching, trying to sort out good design and ways to become better, and I think that's something that Colton does. Well, all the time he always has certain books in tow with him in his bag to reference. He has things dog-eared. He's passionate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something really rare that we see in architects. Um, We see a lot of plans come through the door from like new clients. They're like considering, you know, building and they have these plans and majority of them aren't thoughtful. You know, they're big or they have what they think they thought they wanted. Mm -hmm. But there's something really magical about a thoughtful floor plan. And you can always tell. I can always tell. I think Jess can always tell, Mm -hmm. you know, when things are centered up and they create these moments. And a thoughtful architect, architectural designer will do that. And that's something that Colton is. Yes. Welcome, Colton. Thank you, guys. Thanks for that introduction. I I feel like I'm just going to float out of the room. I'm so, (laughs) I feel so uh, honored. And uh, I will start out by saying thank you guys for having me. This is a huge honor. I'm a a fan. I listen to it. Love the intro. I think that's probably Corey. Love the intro song. And, uh, Love listening to you guys. Love you guys as friends. So really appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, of course. I feel like so often um, Sue and I will get a call to work with a client and they come to us without a floor plan or they come to us with a broken floor plan. And um, we've seen a few of those. Right. Yeah. And Colton is usually the doctor that fixes that. Not that that's his job, but he thankfully does it for us. And we usually call him in to fix these things. But um, I really wanted for you to Describe for our listeners the difference, or what an architectural designer is. Mm-hmm. So an architectural designer is, I always tell people when they ask me what I do for a living, I say I design homes and they're like, is that interior? Is that architecture? So architectural designer is your floor plan, the exteriors, the flow, the programming, um, the, the actual plans that will be built off that you'll see on site, the big, you know, 42 by 30 or 36 by 24 plans are developed by the architect or the architectural designer. So um, that's what I do. Um, We do a lot of, we do architectural interiors. We kind of set things up, but we try to work with great companies like Alice Lane or different interior designers to make sure that, you know, we get it to a point where it can be handed off. Um, And it's never really a handoff. It's a lot of back and forth and collaboration, but that's kind of the root of what we do. Mm. So Very good. That's awesome. Um, so what do you feel like people should be looking for in an architect or an architectural designer? Me. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, shameless easy. Plug. The easy choice. No, yeah, shameless definitely. Plug. No, I, um, I, I want to say for the, just for the record, um, we've worked with 
a ton of architects over the several years. And architects oftentimes, they come into the room and they're definitely the alpha mm -hmm. amongst the team. And I will define the team as uh, an interior designer, an architect or architectural designer, a landscape designer, and then the builder. Yep. So usually the architect is kind of poses as the surgeon, right? In the doctor yep. world. And they have a lot of experience, a lot of training and their head is usually the biggest one in any setting. And so it's really refreshing to work with Colton because like you said, he's, he's a student, he's always learning, he's humble, and he really wants to develop an extraordinary team. Mm -hmm. um, the first project that we worked on together was one where you came to us and you just, you, you recognize the value of having an interior designer, mm -hmm. a great interior designer on a team, but you also recognize the value in having an extraordinary landscape architect mm -hmm. and a builder. So it's, it's a really, it's, it's just like an incredible team where we're all specialists in what we do to create the dream home. So today we'll be talking about creating a dream home. Mm -hmm. um, this is, so if you're, if you're thinking this isn't for everyone, it might not be, but this is how it's done. And yeah. so I think this is going to be really fun for a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited. And I think that kind of going to your question is, is what should you look for in an architectural designer? And I really appreciate that you bring up the fact, you know, how we were introduced is I actually know Jessica's brother. And uh, so um, when I, I had this big project that I was honestly overwhelmed by, it was a huge, you know, once in a lifetime project. And they said, you know, I was like, do you guys have an interior designer? That's pretty much always my first question when I meet with the client is, do you guys have an interior designer? And uh, I reached out because um, I admired, I, I went through Tiger Oak and I fell in love with Alice Lane and was really blown away. Like I think a lot of people were. And um, I realized, I said, you know, we need a really good interior designer, a very technical interior designer. So when looking for an architect or an architectural designer, I'm going to say one of the first things you should look for is how technical are they? Um, you know, I see plans that come across my desk that, you know, they want me to redo and there's six pages for a whole house. And that's just in my opinion, not acceptable in the custom home industry. You just can't build a house, an effective house custom off of six pages. So um, I would say look for your look for your deliverables. Are they going to show you what this house is going to look like? Are they going to draw for you? You know, we do a lot of 3D modeling. Um, our, we do that because, you know, my intro into even this field was I was designing a home for my parents and we hired an architect because at that point I wasn't sure that I could do it all by myself. And uh, we kind of, as we worked with that architect, and he's great, ultra talented, but the deliverables just weren't there. So I had to go out and find the software and build their house in the software so that mm -hmm. I could show my parents what their house was going to look mm -hmm. like. Because, you know, we were in framing and the architect would say, let's frame it up. And then we would see it and it wasn't what we wanted or, and we'd never seen it. And oh so we had to gosh. tear it out. It's just expensive. And so... Yeah. That's um, one of the things. Let me just say what a <laughs> yeah. blessing it was that the architect w didn't have the deliverables because otherwise we wouldn't have Colton Broadbent here today <laughs> designing homes. That was your foray into it. Yeah, born born in uh, tri in uh, tribulation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. But um, the other thing I'll say that you should look for in an architect or an architectural designer, and I think this is just across the board, is what people don't realize a lot of times, I think that they view um, designers as, as like a waitress that you're with them for an hour mm -hmm. and then you never see them again. Totally. But the truth is, is that we're married for at least two years, you know, mm -hmm. we're dating. And so Ooh, I think yeah. that, uh, mm -hmm. I think that when you're meeting with your architect or your architectural designer, um, do you get along with them? You know, it's, it's kind of like the typical dating questions like, do they make you feel the butterflies? Do you like want to be around them? Are they nice? Are they 
are they good at working with people? And I think that's maybe one of the most important because you do have divas in this field. And it's, I mean, it is an ego trip to be able to think of something in your head and then watch it come to life with the assistance of Mm -hmm. millions of dollars that aren't yours and all these things, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, so I think that just look for someone that's going to stay in check and that you're going to want to be around and that you get along with because not every, not every designer or client is a good match. And it's not, it's not always that they're a bad person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's never that they're a bad person, hopefully, but a lot of times it's just not a good match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's a really, really great point. Yeah. yeah. To build to the builder as well. Oh, I yeah. think to everybody in that whole team, the landscaper, mm-hmm. the architect, the designer, and the builder, you are you're at the hip with these people yeah. for a, you know, the long stretch. And you want you don't want it to be a crappy experience, you know, <laughs> at the end it's expensive and there will be hiccups and you have to have somebody that's just going to roll with you mm-hmm. and make it the best experience it can be. Cause it can be awesome. It's so sad when people come to us and say, I, I built a house, but I'm reluctant. I hated it. I hate building. And it should not be that way. Mm-hmm. If you take anything away from this building is fun. You have to try to have the right people though. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. and that's on one of the clients we've, we're working on together right now. They're our Washington client. We'll mm-hmm. keep them secret. Um, <laughs> or I don't, you know, don't want to say gonna that It's going to be name. so good guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But um, they are, they live in Washington and they flew out here to meet me before they took, it was during the pandemic and they flew me out. And so they flew here first and we walked around. I live in holiday, which these guys I think have referenced a couple of times. It's a great area mm-hmm. in Utah, great homes. And they wanted to see some of the homes. And as we were kind of walking the street with them, I just said to them, and I kind of like bore testimony, I guess. I was just like, I was like telling them, I was like, guys, we are, you are in such a unique position. You get to build a dream home that your family gets to grow up in. They, these guys have sm- small children. Mm-hmm. And I say, I, I take that very seriously. It's such an honor to, <clears throat> excuse me, such an, I sound like I'm crying. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. He is. Um, <laughs> He's crying. No, um, it's such an honor to, to get to do what we do. And I really, I, I hear so many times where people have had such bad experiences and I'm not going to say it's not hard. Building a home is hella challenging. It's very challenging, but, um, but it's, it should be fun. And that's another thing is look at your, look for your architectural designer and your design team are you going to have fun with them? Because Mm -hmm. it should be, we are so unique that we get to do this and it's, it should be the funnest thing in the world. To me it is. I love it. Yeah, totally. I, we had a client once that said something along the lines of you vote with your dollar, who you Mm -hmm. want to work with, who you want to stay in business with. Right. And I think that's a choice that we get to make every day. Like who, like oftentimes we'll say, you know, put your cabinets out to bid and maybe you get three bids don't go with necessarily the cheapest one. Go with the person that you feel like is going to do the best job and who you like the most and who you want to be in your home, mm-hmm. who you want to work with if you have a challenge, if the cabinet door falls off the you know, the hinges or something like that, because this is something that you're going to live with for a long time, this decision. And so I don't usually always go with the cheapest. I go with the guy that I'm like, he's, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. the, yeah, he's the right person. Well, and you do get, I mean, I think the phrase you get what you pay for can be kind of inf- like scary to people. Like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll charge me forever, everything. Yeah. I think that you look for someone's going to provide you a good value. Like look at what they do. Look at their, once again, look at their deliverables. Talk to people who have, have designed with them or built with them. And, you know, they're not going to maybe have a perfect reputation, but they're probably going to have a pretty good one. And yeah. I think that's what I look for in collaborators too, is when I reached out to you guys, you know, you guys didn't know who I was, which no one, you know, it was, it was early on in the career. And I just said, 
I want to work with you. I think that you, I've seen your work. I've seen the technical drawings you guys produce. I know that it's, I know this is a good fit. And it turns out that we get along and we're good friends and it's mm-hmm. been awesome because yeah. these guys are awesome people. But I think that look, look for that first, maybe look for your deliverables and be a bulldog about it. Be like, Hey, I want to know exactly what I'm getting. Cause you are paying a lot of money for these and you know, architects and interior designers, we're not cheap, but I would say the good ones provide a really good value mm-hmm. and just make sure you're going to get that. So, yeah, I love totally. that. That's awesome. Um, okay. So defining the role of the architect, I think a lot of times we'll get a phone call. People want us to redline their plans um, because maybe the architect didn't think of everything, you know, and we're thinking of like the passage and the living and the coming in the, the pantry with our arms full and needing to like maybe open the door with our hip and have it be double hinged. And, you know, like we're just kind of going through this as if we live in the home. Um, but there's things where it crosses over and we're like, this is the job of an architect. And I'm sure in the architect's job, you kind of cross over and you're like, this is the job of the interior designer. Totally. And so I thought it might be nice to sort of define the role of, you know, interior design architect or, um, Colton, I think you could also represent the landscape architect in this conversation since you have your undergrad in that. And then of course, a fantastic builder, right? Yeah. So let's define each of those roles, each part of the team. Um, maybe you go first, because I feel like, or maybe actually it's the landscape architect. What do you think comes first? You buy a lot that you think is fantastic, mm-hmm. or you're considering between a couple lots, and yeah. then well, they'll usually call you and say, can you come out and take a look? Mm-hmm. At so what for we've the got? most part, we've had a few where we go and do a consult, and we'll do that with the landscape architect. So the kind of, kind of the answer is like, well, who should I hire first? My interior designer, architect, landscape. It's architect, like a chicken builder. and the egg thing. And I, I say yes, hire them all. Um, and I, and I really, I really mean that Agreed. because Agreed. I think mm-hmm. that what happens so often, and why you know a couple of plans that we've done together is because they hired maybe the wrong architect, and they they knew these were the right interior designers, but it wasn't. You know, they come with these plans, and they're just not they're not a good fit for what these clients want. So one of the, I mean, the first question is if someone approaches me first, I say, um, do you have an interior designer? Do you have a landscape architect? And, um, it kind of probably sounds like I'm asking for like, you know, let's spend more money, but no, I'm really trying trying to protect you. I'm really, and, and I think that, um, so as far as who comes first, I think the architect and landscape architect, we set a lot of the foundation of, of what the house can be, where it will be. We do a lot of programming, which I think we'll probably touch on later. But um, but basically, people come to me first sometimes, and um, I'll look at their lot before I even talk about a landscape architect. And depending on the complexity of the lot, um, I will you know, I'll say, Hey, this lot, you know, we live in Utah, we live in the mountains. We have a couple of projects up in Alpine. And for those of you who aren't familiar, it's the side of a mountain. We're building into the side of a mountain pretty much with every property there. It's a lot of challenging terrain and grading. Mm-hmm. And, and even some waterfalls and rivers, right? Yes. Yeah. We're Are doing a some- project <laughs> right now in three falls. It's like, we've got a giant river going through the home <laughs> or not through the home, through the front of the yard. And then there's, you know, there's a, a ridge that's a 13 foot drop off. I mean, that's significant terrain change on one piece of property. Right. And uh, I know a little bit with my background, but I don't specialize in that and I don't pretend to. So I, I think that, um, I reach out to, you know, a local landscape architect. He was on here earlier, Jeremy Fillmore, mm-hmm. uh, Northland. We worked with them, but, um, their role is to, and this is what Jeremy always says. So I'll speak f- for him, I guess, is mm-hmm. their role is to enhance the architecture of the home or to make sure that the indoor outdoor connection can be as 
beautiful and wonderful as it can be. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's their role to deal with a lot of the grading and water and driveways and all of that. So I like to have them help me site the home. And uh, a lot of times I'll have suggestions and I'll come with a, you know, concepts and you truly are the architect in that sense where you're tr- kind of developing the theme of what the house will feel like. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I say, this is my idea. What do you think? And they'll say, well, this is going to be a challenge. This is going to be a challenge. And we work in tandem. So that's kind of their role. And, and then the finishing touches of the pool and all that stuff. So we kind of work together through that process, but involve a landscape architect from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I will say that on, on almost every project. There have been a few that we haven't just because the client didn't want one. Mm-hmm. And it usually comes back to, we need one. You know, I just yeah. think it's a really important role. And then my job as the architect is to either get them a great interior designer or a lot of times these guys will bring work my way. And so we'll work together to program the house. So we say the house can be anything. What can it, what, what do you want it to be? And we kind of define that. And that's where we should start. And then, you know, we develop the rooms and we um, develop the in-between spaces and the look of the outside. And we're doing this in tandem with the interior designer. And then you guys would say what the interior designer does. I was going to ask you, what questions do you ask the homeowner when they're trying to think of what they want for a floor plan? So so people, our listeners can kind of think to themselves, yeah. what would my dream home look like well, if I were starting from scratch? As you guys know, there are a million and one questions. And mm-hmm. the, the fun thing is, yeah. is they're, they're, the house can be anything. Yeah. So I think we look at the opportunities and constraints. The opportunities are we're building on this awesome piece of property or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing. Here are the views. Here are this. Um, and then the biggest constraint is usually the budget. You know, mm-hmm. what are we trying to build this thing for? So... Um, I usually talk about the budget right off the bat. Um, I've learned to do that. I've had products where we went in and there's like mm, no budget. Mm-hmm. There's always a budget. Everybody's guys. got Everyone a budget. Everyone has a budget. <laughs> I don't care if it's $20 million, you will run out. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy to our <laughs> listeners, but you will. Yeah. And so, um, so I ask about the budget and then I ask about, you know, what's important to you guys? Do you entertain a lot? Do you, um, do you want a lot of people at your house? Um, you know, where, like, where do you spend most of your time? And a lot of times it's in the great room or the living room, but sometimes I have really specific, you know, specific asks like, uh, our client in three falls, you know, the garage, the garage is always kind of the bane of an architect's existence. They're big, they're bulky. They kind of mess with the massing, but with this client, he has luxury cars and he, loves them. It's a collector. That. Yeah. He's a collector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we actually developed the whole concept uh, of their home starting with this garage and mm-hmm. and how we can fit the house around it and integrate it with it. So I usually try to find those like trigger items. So for some people it's their great room, for some people it's their master bathroom. And we say, what do you want to be looking at when you're in this space? What's important to you? How do you live your life? And then we kind of set those rooms first and like, okay, we're capturing the ideal view. And then we base everything else around that. I think a lot of times people go in and they're like, I have to have the perfect floor plan, like this flow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not your job. Clients, that's not your job. Your job is to sh- show your architect, be like, this is what's important to me. And it needs to be right here. Mm-hmm. And they can design around that. That's what I typically try to do. Yeah. I love that. Cool. So, yeah. And you guys would be more adept to talking about the role of an interior designer. Yeah. So. And, you know, as an interior designer, design team, we really love to get started like at least six months before people break ground Mm -hmm. because we are involved with the programming and kind of the understanding of look and feel. 
if we think anything should be tweaked on the floor plan, we'll often start with space planning just to drop actual furniture blocks in. Because not every architect, you obviously do, but not every architect uses the right size. And uh -huh. because we also have a furniture store and meet with most of the best vendors we think it, that are available in the United States and beyond, we really know what size furniture we're talking about. So we usually drop these blocks in the plan and then sort of look at circulation and flow and, um, yeah, just kind of knowing what the lifestyle is going to be if they, if they have, you know, a concert pianist come in to entertain for dinners or parties, or if they want to have a, I remember Jeremy, actually the landscape architect saying, if you want to throw birthday parties in the backyard, what's the approach to the backyard? Do you want them coming up to the front door to knock on it? And then you bring them through the whole house and then down the stairs to the backyard. Or do you want that? What is the flow? You uh -huh. know, what's the circulation of this? Or I'm even thinking this is an interiors, but it's, it's more like architectural. Um, if you ha do have a client with a river, right. Or waterfalls, I would want to fall asleep listening to that. So uh -huh. position that master bedroom where I can, where I can hear running water from the bathtub or from the master suite, you know, and then we just kind of lifestyle, you know, the interiors. And a lot of times people don't know how cool they are or uh -huh. what they want or how they want to live because maybe they've never lived like this before. You yeah. know, maybe this is their first dream experience. Maybe it's new money. Um, you know, maybe their parents never lived like this. So it's fun to introduce them to some of these new themes and ideas and trying to understand them based on, you know, even what they're wearing that day or the couple of times you've met, how casual or dressy they are. Uh -huh. Some people think success looks like, you know, black and white marble entries and um, a lot of really formal things. But every time you meet, they're wearing tennis shoes and, you know, mm -hmm. nice, nice designer yeah. jeans, but they're just a more casual lifestyle. So it's interesting. They think because they're successful, they need to have a certain aesthetic, but really you're like, no, this could be high end casual. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that hyper formal, you yeah. know? So just kind of helping to explore that style with them throughout the home um, really helps us start to understand and inform the interiors. I don't know, what were you going to yeah. say, Sue? No, I think just a good designer will make it a lot smarter. They'll think of like different flow and different, again, that programming layer. They'll think of how could this function as beautifully as possible for you and your family. Um, and we're supposed to push you. We're supposed to show you things that you wouldn't have thought of. It's nothing, you know, it's not stuff that can be found on Pinterest to your point of finding a perfect floor plan uh -huh. your perfect floor plan might not exist yet it's oh, our for job sure, yeah. yeah it's our job to create that and so i think a good design team will find loopholes and like little pathways and things to make your life easier and more beautiful uh -huh. so well and i think that, that one of the things i think we can all agree on is we are storytellers and we mm -hmm. are people hire us to tell their story and that's why you know i, I get calls all the time and people say do you sell do you sell like pre-made floor plans. And, <laughs> and I'm not, I mean, that, yeah. that works for a lot of people. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying that that is, there's not a function for that, but that's not what I'm interested in, in selling is because mm -hmm. I've never met a person that I'm like, Oh yeah, you're this floor plan. You know, I want to get yeah. to know you. You remind me of this floor plan. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you remind me of the bottom floor plan. She's a brick house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Cue in that song, Corey. <laughs> like black windows, yeah, get don't the music you? on there. <laughs> um, no, but I think that one of the great things about what we do and why I'm really passionate about it is I've, you know, from a young age, I, I knew I was a people person. And mm -hmm. 
not by trade. I learned from my, my family, but I, I have a deep passion for people, for getting to know people and loving people and getting to know them. So I'm friends with all my clients. As mm-hmm. I know you guys are too. And I want to get to know you. So like, let your designer get to know you and tell your story. And your story is so much cooler than anything you're going to find on Pinterest. You can be inspired. Like I, I use Pinterest. I use Instagram. We all do. But just be ready to to really dive in. And it's a journey of self-discovery. I sound like I'm like a hippie, but I'm serious. That designing a home is one of the most intimate yeah. things that you can do for someone. You know, I, people... Uh, I have I have a client. They are like this beautiful couple. They're Colton's so, blushing right now, know, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I have these clients, and they're just these beautiful people, super pristine and clean. And you know, I the other day I had to say, you know, hey, I need to see your pantry. I need to I need to walk in your pantry. And she was so ashamed. She's like, I can't. But we did it, and we walked in her pantry. So you, you know, we have to know. I thought you were going to say something else. way juicier than no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> it I'm becomes like, like that kind of podcast. <laughs> the listeners do now. No, uh, no, but just you know, we mm. need to tell your story. So let us in, and let us, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, the best designers will be respectful of um, of your budget. You know, we're not talking just Gordon Gecko dreams or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can we can design on a budget, um, but mm-hmm. we're going to be realistic with you. That beautiful things cost money. I listened to uh, an interview with Bobby McAlpin, who I respect endlessly, and you know mm-hmm. he's the hero of the residential architect world. And he said beautiful things cost money, and they do, mm-hmm. but they don't. It, it doesn't have to maybe be as crazy as you think. Mm-hmm. We can work with a budget. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's important to involve an interior designer early as well, because we are selecting a lot of these materials. And if we know the budget and we understand what you're wanting, Mm -hmm. we can be sensitive to that and do it in a creative, more artistic way than if, you know, the builders already set the budget and then you introduce us, you know, a little bit too late. And then it's our fault for picking out something that you love, Mm -hmm. you know, that we could have made room for in the budget had you included us sooner. So, yeah. And I think also we can assist you in, you know, I think people come in their mind and they say, well, I need 12,000 square feet. That's what I need to live. And, uh, and, and I, I know some people do you need an like, indoor track. Yeah. <laughs> no, and we do, we do houses yeah, like that all the time. Sure. And some people do need that space, yeah. but it's also our job. You know, most of the time when people come and say they need a, uh, you know, a 14,000 square foot house, I try to get them down to a 12 or a 10, you know, uh, because we can make your house more functional than maybe you had you have your preconceived notions of my house has to be this many square feet. It's like mm-hmm. How, how, how can we get it tighter? How can we get it so we can invest the money into those areas mm-hmm. that Suzanne is referencing? Yeah. It's kind of like the work triangle in the kitchen, right? Like the functionality, like if the kitchen gets bigger, it doesn't mean that we're going to make a bigger triangle. It means we're going to make multiple triangles so okay. that there can be multiple functions within the kitchen. Um, because yeah, some of these houses get so big mm-hmm. that, that the efficiencies, you know, kind of get lost if you don't have a really smart team helping you work through some of that. And the human gets lost, you yeah. know, like because they do grow. And if you're not thinking about those intimate moments within that large space, you're going to, you're going to get lost in your own house. Mm-hmm. There's one other thing or one other point I feel like I should make while we're sort of defining who this team is. Um, there is a difference between decorators and designers. Yes. And, and I feel like I had a girlfriend actually reach out who used to live on my street and she was like, Hey Jess, so my kids are grown. I'm thinking about becoming a designer. What do you think I need to do? Should I just like 
just start helping people or do, do I have to know CAD? And so I was explaining to her the difference. I was like, there are decorators, which you could get a job at a furniture store, learn some resources, you know, go down that path. But really you're just doing topical decorative things, right? You're mostly in the furnishings world. Maybe you're going to learn a great drapery person. Maybe you'll learn a great wallpaper hanger. Um, so you'll have some resources in your back pocket. But if you want to be in the actual art of crafting the home. You've got to be a designer. You've got to go to school. You've got to learn AutoCAD. You've got to be a technician. Um, we've, cause we are, um, an interior designer. We are drawing up, you know, all of the, um, tile drawings for each of the bathroom, all of the working cabinetry. We're selecting the lights, showing the placements of all of that. You've got to do all of that in mm -hmm. some sort of technical program to really be able to show your work and say, no, 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 those were intended to be 54 inches off the ground. I know the norm is 60 inches, but you know these things, right? Mm -hmm. Like the back of your head, you know the math of it. And you can show up on a job site meeting and you know what the house looks like already, technically, because you've created it, even though you're standing in the middle of something that's framed, you yeah. know? So it's a, it's a really technical thing with a lot of smarts. It's not just that you have good taste, therefore you can be an interior designer. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think taste is a part of it, but I think that you've got to have kind of the, like you said, that background ability to, to, um, back it up because, you know, like I said, with my experience into this, into this world, into this industry is mm -hmm. I, you know, as a young, young, you know, I think I was 21. Um, I, I had to dive in because we weren't getting that technical information and we needed it. We were, my, my parents were just like hemorrhaging money because, you know, you maybe think, oh, I'm saving money. Like it doesn't need to be that exact. You're not saving money. I'm mm -hmm. telling you guys, if you hear anything, you are not saving money by not hiring a designer because if you want something really special, it's going to take a lot of thought and a lot of pre-planning. And then the building process is going to be so much more smooth mm -hmm. and your, your arc or your builder is going to like you. You're going to like you. Everyone's going to get along. When you run into problems on site, it's usually a lack of planning. Mm. So, yeah. We save you money. <laughs> <I know. laughs> heartache, too. Yeah. Say that one more you know, time. The stress. We save you money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is a heartache. I, I've seen, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of heartache, which is, you know, we, we are remedying. We have the doctors. We're mm -hmm. going to save your broken heart. Totally. Yep. Uh, okay. So the next question is how to set up the team now that we know who the team members are properly for success. Like what is the order of operations? Yeah. I mean, like we said earlier, I think that it's like, yes, we all need to be there. Uh -huh. um, I think that what I would do is make sure that your interior, the role of interior, it's like the core three, the landscape architect, architect and interior designer really need to get along at the very beginning. So make mm -hmm. sure you introduce them to each other, get to know like that they can work together mm -hmm. because it's, you know, you don't want to have someone develop the plans, hand it over to your interior designer and be, and they're like, what the hell is this? Like, it's not <laughs> what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And so I think getting mm -hmm. to know each other, getting to know how to work together. And that is a process, you know, even really talented designers do have to get to know each other and get to know each other's processes and, mm -hmm. you know, figure out what the client values. And, you know, we're all, I think it's, I think that we're tribal as human beings. So we're like, oh, I identify with my architect and the interior designer is just gonna have to fall in line. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's really a great approach. I think you really want to build that team and set it up really well. And same with your builder, find a builder. You know, I've dealt with builders that are great and I've dealt with builders that are going to point the finger until the day mm -hmm. of moving. It's like, oh, this is the architect's fault. This is the architect's fault. Yeah. If you're hearing that from your builder, I don't think that's probably going to be a very good, 
a very good team. We got to work together and, you know, I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. You guys aren't perfect, Mm -hmm. but together we can create a really seamless process if you work together. Yeah, that's close to perfect team. (laughs) They close to perfect team. Yeah, close to perfect team is that's great. And I think we adopt each other's best practices too. Oh, you know, and I think when you guys are on the same page as a team at the beginning, we're able to ask each other, "What are your best practices? What have you done that's successful in previous projects?" And we learn from each other, and we all get better. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I also think, I mean, just going back to what you said earlier is um, we do have a lot of back and forth and we are all curious. Mm -hmm. I think the best designers are really curious. Why did you do that? You know, and Mm -hmm. I'll talk to these guys all the time about, you know, so why did you do that? Or why do you think this? And it's not a question of like, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's, you know, I, I'm passionate about um, furniture layout, even though it's not my expertise, I want to know more about Mm it. I want to know why you guys are, you know, having certain reveals and why you're not it'll make me a better designer. And I think if you have curious, I've learned a lot about landscape architecture. I've learned about interior design and the building process. Find someone that's curious you yeah. know, and, mm. get, and get curious with them. Yeah. So. I like that. That's really great. Okay. Next question is what, it, what is the wish list of everything you wish a client had before they start working on a custom home? Good question. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I feel um, intimidated to answer. No. Um, I think that a wish list of everything that I wish a client had. Um, you know, I think my answer to that is I don't think that there is a a perfect, like, this is a perfect client. You know, mm-hmm. I think a healthy budget. And what I mean by a healthy budget is that what they want is realistic. I'm not saying it has to be $10 million to build, but... You know, I've had clients where they wanted a $3 million house and they expect me to design something or they wanted, but they wanted it in $600,000. I can't do that. No matter how efficient or, you know, wonderful I may profess to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a really important, just a healthy understanding. I think a healthy understanding of the process, you know, we sometimes as designers, we get rushed. We get people, Hey, I want this in the ground. And in three months and mm-hmm. says, well, no, from the time we start to the time we finish, it's going to be mm-hmm. three to six months at least. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't change that because I, I won't change it. And it's not that I'm being a diva. It's that I don't want to put product out into the world that I think is going to be subpar just because we were in a rush. And so maybe we're not a good match in that way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that another thing is I really encourage all the listeners out there to think about what they what they need and what they want, but mm-hmm. what they need. So, you know, that's, I'm, I'm poking and prodding when I get to know my clients, like, what do you need? How, what are the functions you need? And, but to also come with an open mind, cause you may think, like I said, that you need 12,000 square feet and you really only need eight, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe you only, need, you know, you don't know what you need. I think sometimes, so come with an open mind. And, um, I think, I think another thing I'd really love to kind of, um, change about the design industry is I think people are really, um, I think people are really afraid to be vulnerable with their designers. They come and they're like, is this cool? They're like showing me a picture like, is it, is it okay? Mm -hmm. And you know, at first in the industry, you know, I think when I was a little bit more insecure as a designer, I actually wanted to talk about this because Jess taught me a huge lesson early on claps for Jess is we had this big project and the clients showed me four pictures and they were not great by my (laughs) understanding of what a good design is. And I came in and I I call, I uh, lovingly refer 
to myself in my early design career as the uh, house bitch because I was <laughs> I was opinionated and that gave me like that gave me like authority you uh -huh. know and um, Jessica she was she was really nice she didn't correct me but she said you know what maybe these guys are just trying to like maybe these guys are just trying to be successful and that's why they picked that picture or maybe they're trying to do this and it was the first time I was like. Oh, I really need to understand my clients. I need to really get to know them because it is vulnerable. It's mm -hmm. vulnerable to show a picture to someone mm -hmm. who is an expert in their field and say, um, is this good? Mm -hmm. You know? And so just be vulnerable with your designer and you'll be able to tell pretty quickly. You know, I think I've reformed and I, I'm not, I'm no longer the house bitch or at least I try not to be, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, uh, I think that be, be willing to, to put yourself out there and say, I don't know everything, but this is what I like about this picture. And the right designer will scoop you up and love you mm -hmm. into the perfect design for you. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. just be really, that, that's what I would say. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. I think for us, we love, obviously, a Pinterest board if they've been saving them. Yes. And we also love it if they're saved in categories like my laundry room. This will be my kitchen. This will be my my master, this will be, and sometimes it's not even the specific pieces of a room, but it's the feeling of the room, mm -hmm. you know, it's the vibe of the room or whatever. So we really love, we love to at least get some, like, just like the main important spaces of the, of the room. We love it if they come with images of what they like. Sometimes they're like, we just, we just love everything you do. So just, you know, just do what you do. But mm -hmm. you're like, well, no, every house we do is completely different, right? From Rachel Parcell's home to our French modern manor to Tiger Oak. They're all completely different cards, you mm -hmm. know? So um, we can definitely do you, but we need to get to know you to yeah. be able to do that in a space. So we love, um, we love, love, love images, pictures worth a thousand words. Um, we know Colton, I've seen you carry backpack full of books littered with post-its, mm -hmm. you know, and we kind of make our way through the journey looking at some of those images. But I think for all of you listening at home, anything that makes you feel something, you should dog ear it, post it, it pin it, um, screenshot it, save it in your favorites on Instagram. But if you can show your designer favorite images that really make you feel something, we'll be able to extract from that the mm -hmm. feeling, the look, the vibe, the function of most of your spaces. Yeah. If you don't have that, we can extract that from you. It's just going to take a little bit more time, but that's our job. And sometimes Alice Lane, we call it the North Star, mm -hmm. where we get to know you, we ask you a million questions, um, and then we create that North Star of images. Mm -hmm. Before we, get, we begin, just to make sure we're all aligned and on the same page visually with this is what you want this home to feel like. This yeah. is your style. And that's a best practice. I, all the best designers that I've ever worked with do that. And I do that within my own practices. You got to put the blinders on because mm -hmm. as incredible as I think Instagram and Pinterest has opened up our eyes to great design all around the world. And I'm so endlessly grateful for them, but it's endless content. It mm -hmm. will always be, you know, it's, it's like bunnies. Yeah. It just keeps reproducing. <laughs> <laughs> you can and, scroll uh, for days and days and days and it will never end. Yeah. Never end. It's like Zootopia when they're like leaving on the train and the numbers are just like. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but you have to put in those blinders and you have to be mm -hmm. open to doing that as a client and letting your designers, you know, I, I tell my, my clients, I, this is our contract. When I put together your North star boards or your, you know, your mood boards, mm -hmm. I want you to love every picture on this page and I will love every picture on this page and 
we can look at other pictures, but we will not stray from these. We're not going to do a full redirect. And sometimes that takes four to five iterations before mm-hmm. we get there. And I, we do it because yeah. if without it, we're lost. It's our way of measuring, right? Measure, yeah. measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. It's our way of measuring yeah. Yeah, to make sure we're all, exactly. we're all headed in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, re- and to remind, because the design process is long and sometimes you got to be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that picture, but. I do love that picture. I've always loved that yeah. picture. You know, you got to bring them back. Totally. We we call it ADOS. It's like ADD, but ADO shiny. And they're just like <laughs> on to the next shiny thing, it's you so know? True. And you're like, back to the, back to the focus. Yes. Yeah, focus. It's the blinders. You yeah. Put them on. You're looking at Z gallery over there and it's time to get back here and get with the program. <laughs> you know, everything in Z gallery shiny. shiny yeah. It's all mirrors. And you're like, Oh, shiny. <laughs> yeah. And then you forget who you are and what your name is. And yeah. Everything else. Okay. Uh, this is a really hard question. How do you talk about budgets and prepare people to be realistic about the cost? Did you have no, 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 I was, I was, I just am super curious. About Everybody's this. staring yeah. at Colton. <laughs> so I know this is, the, uh, we, we call it the B word. It's kind of it like getting B-word. on the scale, yeah, you know? Like, <laughs> it's vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, it is vulnerable. I think that, um, it's the toughest question to ask someone because no one wants to build within their budget. I can tell you that I've, I haven't experienced a client that's like, yeah, we are, we, we want to spend, you know, $500,000 and this is a $500,000 house that we want. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think that trying to shatter that illusion pretty early and it, you kind of have to rip off the bandaid. And I, like I said earlier in my career, I didn't, I didn't do that. Cause I was like, we can design whatever we want. And, um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't work. It doesn't work. (laughs) Um, and so I think that what I try to do now is that's why I ask about the builder really early on and I say, okay, I'd like to meet with your builder. I want him to show me what X amount per square foot looks like or, Mm -hmm. and and any builder you talk to is going to hate, hate that. Oh, X amount per square foot. Well, it can be anything, but I think that we have to have a number to kind of design towards a lot of times. And, you know, sometimes the money goes quick. And so I think that, um, find a good builder, find out what they're building a house for roughly or what kind of finishes. I want you to see it and touch it and be like, okay, this is what we expect. This is $300 a square foot. This is, yeah, because a lot of people think, they have this number in their head, I think, that everything is $100 a square foot. Uh And it's just not anymore. It's actually not even always $200 a square foot. And furniture is not 10% of a house build. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Break that myth right now. Is that a thing? People say that? People used to say that your furniture should cost 10% of the Mm. house of the home. Right? Even even you're doing the math and you're like, yeah, that just isn't right. Doesn't add up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Be super fitted, but it's just wrong. I mean, I think if you're furnishing through Ikea and, you know, getting a good find at home goods or whatever, maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do like a really bang up job, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's just not going to be true. I think, that, I just think that the budget is such a scary thing for people to look at because it is kind of dream shattering. Nobody talks ways. about yeah, it. People don't want to talk about it. Do you yeah. start with the dream and scale back or how do you? We have done that. Um, is that harder? <sighs> it's really hard. I think that's <laughs> it's it's really tough to do. Here's, here's what I'll Because you're just killing them slowly at that point. Um, <laughs> I know. We've learned No to soup be, for you. Yeah. Basically, is what it is. Like, <laughs> Great silence. Oh, yeah. You like that? Yeah. You like that? <laughs> yeah, we like that. Um, <laughs> you can't have it. The truth is, is that most people's budgets that we work with are flexible. Mm. Um, and that's not everyone's case. But 
I think that what we've learned through the years is, you know, we've become a lot less agreeable about budget where where I'll be like, Hey, so budget. And they're like, we don't really want to talk about it. And then, okay. (laughs) And then I design and then the budget came back and it's like, Whoa, that's not, that's more than we were expecting. So you do want to talk about it. Yeah. So we do want to talk about it. So I think that like trying to break that early and trying to, you know, and the truth is, is it's really hard as your designers have a little empathy for us is that, um, you know, people will come and they'll be like, well, you designed me an X amount of dollar house. And I said, it's different. We work all around the country. We work with different builders and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say with one builder, your house could be 5 million and with another builder, it could be three. I know people won't believe me when I say yeah. that. I've seen it. It yeah, happens. Yeah. For and sure. so I think that, um, it's a moving target. And so that's why I think selecting a builder early on, mm-hmm. setting those expectations early on, um, is something that I think you should always be like my number one advice for our listeners out there is don't be afraid of the budget and make sure your designer's not either. Um, because you're going to, it's going to be a lot of heartbreak down the road. It's fun to live in design world. Mm -hmm. I live in design world. I love it. Yeah. But, uh, design world costs and you got, (laughs) we have to go home at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I, I, I guess I want to say this too. This is going to be really polarizing. So I'm trying to decide if I should say it or not. But, what we want. Um, I feel like that, that we should almost put together a list of you should not build a house if you are this type of a person. And for the most part, I want to say people that are accountants for a living, this is like being waterboarded. They hate building a house. Mm-hmm. They feel like everything should squish into this hundred bucks a square foot category or less. And they feel like they're winning the cheaper they get it. And pretty soon you've got vinyl floors and, and they're, and they're like, I told you I could do it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So should you have done it? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, and I think for some people, you're going to be so much happier in your life. If you find a home existing on the market, you come in under asking price and then you go home a winner. Yeah. Because that feels so much better to you inside mm-hmm. your body than going through the process of a build that's going to get project creep or they're going to show you things like, yeah, you know what? I do want a swimming pool or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you're building a dream home and it's just, it's, you've got to have a flex in your budget because it's, it's, you're never going to land right on the line. Yeah. Hardly. Or maybe if you're going to do a new build, maybe you should go with, you know, in Utah, we have ivory homes, which is a programmed build. If you want, you know, more, finish work, then they add $35,000 to the price of the home. If you want better carpet, they know what to add. It's just like, it's like build a bear and mm-hmm. you can just add on the extras and you know exactly what it's going to cost and it won't torture you as a homeowner with the unknown. Mm-hmm. But there is an unknown factor when it comes to the build. The, the builder's going to do his best job to bid it, right? And he'll even give himself some cushion, but there's never an exact number. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions or things we have to debunk. We're doing Mythbusters here at yeah. the table. <laughs> is I think that because we are professionals and that, um, you know, we are trusting us with, with your money, I think people think like, oh, well, they have all the answers. And the truth is, is that I've not met a builder or a designer that has all the answers. Mm-hmm. There are people that are responsible and you want to look for those builders. You know, mm-hmm. we have um, Jackson Leroy here. They are, they are a high-end custom home builder, but their clients love them because they know what they're paying. Their systems are concrete. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, I think that make sure you're asking that with your builder for, as we were talking about designing the team is, um, if that's going to, if you have some cushion, you know, I'm not saying go throw money around and burn it, but I'm saying, you know, maybe it's not as important that you know exactly what you're going to be going in. 
but I very rarely see someone that's perfect in that. And so you have to, there has to be a little bit of give and take. Mm-hmm. So I'll say one thing, not every, not every square foot of your house is going to be the exact square footage cost. Does that make sense? Your kitchen, your master bedroom are oh, yeah. going to be higher because you want those finishes and that experience to be lovelier than say your five-year-old's bathroom. So again, or your garage, a good, right? a good designer will take that into consideration when they're spe- like specifying things and using your money to be like, Hey, what's important to you? Because that's where we're going to make the be- most beautiful. And then there'll be some ebbs and flows and it'll balance out to hopefully be as close to that number as possible, but you're going to see things that you love. And you're going to want to make sure that those are in spaces that you're going to be occupying, mm-hmm. you know, and people usually do. And they, and it's our job to be, I don't know, transparent about that and be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you, you love Gracie wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you Gracie wallpaper. I'm going to show you something else, but I just want you to understand that, that cost, that price tag. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like, yep, I can't live without it. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding yourself and, and, and being okay with being flexible, I think too, just going into it. Um, I think it will just be a more beautiful home. Yeah. yeah. And I think if, if you have a great designer that they're paying attention to the math and the numbers too, that if we're going to go over budget on say the master bathroom, then maybe we go under budget on the guest and the kids and everything mm-hmm. else's bathroom, because we're going to want those memory points for the powder bath and for the master bath. Yeah. Cause that's what people really value, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we can pay attention to the numbers and still from this area to give more to that other area. And, and yet I think that's what you want in a really smart interior designer. They're looking at the numbers and they're understanding where, where you're going to enjoy, you know, the most. Mm-hmm. I'll also say this about, I'm just having this feeling that I should say about the build is when you consider your entry, which is usually first impression, very important space. You should also consider the mud hall because that's your entry. Yeah right into mm-hmm. the home. Cause you're parking your, your car in the garage, most likely, right. You mm-hmm. have a garage. You're going to come in that door every night. So it's almost like you're creating two entries and totally. making that a really beautiful experience. Historically, the mudroom is always very, very casual and kind of like low budget and it doesn't matter. It's back of house. But what we're finding is no, we really do want to invest in a beautiful mudroom because that's our experience coming mm-hmm. home. That's yeah, that's actually kind of a, a total directional swift or switch that I've noticed in the industry and that I really try to emphasize in my practice is guys, you're going to go through your front door probably a total of like 10 to 12 times a year. Yeah. And and I'm not joking that you don't go through your front door very often. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's not important, but your entrance to your home should be beautiful. I really try to create a really incredible experience, even pulling into your garage. I put windows on the back of my garages all the time, pretty much anytime mm-hmm. I do a garage because we all live stressful lives. It's a stressful time we live in. It's a great time we live in, but, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, people are looking at homes now more than ever as a refuge. And I want that first impression to be like, I'm home. Like I can go in and watch TV and eat takeout and be totally happy. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's what we need. We want to create for our clients. I love that. What what are the budgets that you like work in? I'm just kind of thinking (laughs) as like a listener, like, Uh I mean, there's probably someone who has like a $300,000 budget. You're like, that's probably not within my realm. But like, what is within your realm? 
<sighs> That's a tough question. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm gonna. I'm polarizing again. I'm just kidding. No, don't be sorry. Actually, this I've seen good. I've seen Colton um, work on projects with my younger brother, mm-hmm. um, and he just. I mean, I don't even know if you want to advertise that you do some of the stuff that you've done with Jake, but <laughs> I. I mean, I love Jake. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, you helped him on a smaller remodel, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Jake's also doing like some luxury brownstones that you guys, um, you did a beautiful job oh, creating you. something that I think could otherwise be somewhat utilitarian, but mm-hmm. it has a lot of um, aesthetic from the street and it looks extraordinary for being um, not temporary housing, but it's not, I don't feel like the ever after house. No, no I usually no. think of Colton though as the ever after house. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have seen you work in a couple of different budgets, but for the most part, for the listener, yeah, I think what do you that, think? Um, what we typically do is we design a lot of forever homes, which is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to come with a higher price tag, but we usually, it's a lot on the square footage. So we're usually designing homes between five thousand and twenty thousand square feet and you know obviously the twenty thousand those are big you know those are the big projects that we don't do as many of but i mean here in utah you know even a a six thousand square foot house is going to be at least a million dollars you know and so Mm -hmm. as far as budgets we deal with we deal with anything from like a million to 20 million um and i know that doesn't really maybe clarify but i would say that most homes we work on are going to be upwards of a million dollars. Cool. Maybe a fair statement. No, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but it ranges. The, the numbers, I, yeah. I don't want to dodge it. We're all like rolling our eyes here yeah. as designers. It's, we you don't know, even you, like talking about budget. I know. No <laughs> one does. Kidding. No do. one does. Yeah. Um, but but we it have is to necessary know. to talk yeah. about. And yeah. The truth is we're doing a home with you guys in California and, uh, Mm-hmm. There, it's eight hundred dollars a square foot. Yeah, and that sounds crazy to anyone. Oh, I know and it is crazy, but that's how the market is, yeah. and so yeah, it's really hard. You know, we're gonna maybe do a fifty-five to sixty-five hundred square foot house, and it's gonna be really quite expensive. Yeah, and so and you're starting really out with a lot that's. You know, six million dollars. Yeah, just know? for so, the dirt. Because yeah. of the dirt. Yeah. yeah. So we're not trying to we're not trying to depress anyone out there, no. um, mm-hmm. but we kind of talked about this before we started the podcast. Is you know, I think as designers, we want to create really beautiful things. And I think a lot of people in our society, we want it now, now, now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe live in an in-between house until you can build your dream house. Save up, you know, be hopeful. Do this process once uh, and do it right. And so I think, you know, do what you want. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I can't tell you what to do. But I do think that a lot of times I think that we think we need the dream right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the most successful projects are people that aren't trying to get as much as they can in that house for the smallest budget. It's, you know, we've saved up, this is how much we want to spend. And we feel like our goal is realistic and it's a much better process and it should be a good process. It should be really fun. Yeah, I, I, I love to work in that process. I try to be the best guide I can be, but mm-hmm. when you add that kind of stress of the budget so much and you're just trying to build out of your reality. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fun for the homeowner and I don't think it's fun for the people involved. So mm-hmm. what do they say? They'll buy it right. And you only cry once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, it's so going to yeah. be more than, it's going to be more than you think. Like I said earlier in the podcast, no one, no one wants to build, you know, no one wants to build a, a house that's in their budget. Um, mm-hmm. but just trying to figure out what is that budget? What are we comfortable with? How flexible can we be? And this is what's reality. Go in with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're going to have a much better experience. Yeah. So agreed. I was going to say, and don't you think people that have like lived in either multiple spaces or in one space long enough to understand pain points, to understand like what doesn't work, mm-hmm. build a better house. 
they build a smarter house because they value what they're actually building. So, so just having some experience, I know we've all had like really young clients Mm -hmm. that have come out the door and they're just like, I want to make a dream home, but they don't have a lot of life experience to understand what that dream home looks like Mm -hmm. in their head, you know, and Pinterest can only, only shows you pretty things, but it doesn't show you how you like to live. So understanding how you like to live Mm -hmm. and understanding what pain points you've lived through that your mudroom wasn't big enough or that your great room wasn't big enough or that your kitchen was too big. And you actually want it to be smaller and you needed a bigger pantry because you like the light and you want the, your your rolls to rise back there and not in the show kitchen. So anyway, just understanding that and giving yourself, um, I don't know, giving yourself some flex room, you know, to just like live, try and live as beautifully as you can in the spot that you can, you are right now um, to understand how you want to, you know, ultimately build. Yeah. 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 Like I'm, like I said, I'm building right now and that's like totally rings true to me because yeah. I mean, everyone likes to think the next house you're moving into, this is my forever home. But I mean, I'm just trying to think realistically, like this isn't going to be the house that I spend forever in. I'm going to learn a lot from doing this process that I am right now. I'm going to learn exactly, I'm going to learn more of what I want Mm -hmm. um, in a future home. So I'm just like, this is going to be my, this is my next step. That's how I'm, that's how I'm thinking of it. Um, So yeah, and that's been coming to that realization before we started building was like, like is a weight off my shoulders because that I didn't have to stress about this. It has to be like totally perfect and it's got to mm-hmm. be this or, you know, or I got to hurry up and figure out exactly what I love. This is just my next step. And then I'll learn from it and go from there. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like you're being really thoughtful about it, which I think is really important because there should be a lot of thought that goes into the design of a home because in an ideal world, it's going to be around for 100, 150 years. And so mm-hmm. I think it's you, an edifice, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like your is. home is yeah. an edifice that you'll have to like live with regrets or live with being proud that you left it on the earth. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. And it's greener. Mm-hmm. We yes. were just talking about this. <laughs> yeah. We kind of talked is. about it before is um, our industry is challenging, I think, in some ways because it is the industry of more in a lot of ways. We're mm-hmm. building, we're creating. And it's beautiful. I think the world needs, I, I, I think that, I think that design is very, um, I think it's very meaningful and I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I really, you know, I had to kind of grow into finding purpose in my career and, uh, and I think it's really important we raise our families in these spaces, but as part of it, you know, we are, we're ripping up the earth and putting and, you know, doing it. And so I think some people are like, oh, building an expensive house isn't sustainable. It's actually more sustainable. Like use materials that are going to last, use natural materials um, and do it once or do it once or twice, you know, but don't go out there and, and you see, we, we have this a lot in Utah and, um, people are just building these, these disposable homes. Yeah. Disposable (laughs) housing and it's not communities, housing communities, housing communities, which is worse. And it's just not sustainable. And, you know, I'm not trying to say like free the whales here, like you can do what you want. (laughs) But, uh, but I think that if we're trying to build a better tomorrow, I think a lot of that actually does have to do with investing in a home that you can, you know, that you don't need the next home and the next home and the next home or, you know, Oh, this is crappy. Like we don't want, we're going to tear it down. I just, don't, I don't believe in that. And so I yeah. think it's really important. I like that. Okay. Last question. What inspires yeah. you? Oh man, I, there's so much that inspires me. Um, in design, I think I, I'm really inspired by other artists and other forms of art. I love music. I love, um, I love 
movies like more than anything i'm so inspired by movies the the house with the garage that we were talking about earlier um i i ask my clients a lot of times i'm like have you seen this movie and i was like have you seen batman versus superman which is people are like why were you referencing that movie but uh but bruce wayne lives in this like really incredible house and that was the inspiration for the garage it's actually his house but it was the inspiration for this like glass front and every time we show it to someone they're like oh it's ferris bueller's day off but um, but I'm really inspired by movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inspired by I'm, I'm inspired by surprising things. I actually just finished a show. A little shout out to um, a kid I went to high school with. Just won a competition on HBO Max called no Full way. Bloom. Yeah, we were in the high school mm-hmm. musical together. Hey Connor, oh. if you're listening. And um, oh, I, I spoiled it for everyone who's listening. But mm-hmm. it's it's a floral arrangement. It's a floral arrangement competition show, and yeah. not something I know anything about or anything have maybe even a lot of interest in. I think flowers are pretty, but to watch these people and the way they think about design and the way that they create, um, I was so inspired. I couldn't, I couldn't stop watching. Mm. So you guys should go watch that. Yeah. Um, Full bloom. Full bloom on on HBO. HBO. Okay. HBO max. Yeah. Don't, uh, but it's, I'm always inspired by that. And then lastly, I, and this is probably going to sound trite, but I'm inspired by my clients. I'm inspired by the Mm. lives they lead. Um, I'm inspired by humans in general. I think right now mm-hmm. we're all, I think hopefully in a healing phase of, of humanity, but I think there are so many great people and I work with, and you guys work with so many great people that want to do a lot of good in the world. And mm-hmm. that's inspirational to me. I feel very much like that, that I want to create a more beautiful world and I've mm-hmm. chosen houses to do it, but yeah. that's important to me. You're in the people business. You just happen yes. to do architecture. Yes. Yeah. I knew I was going to be in the people business. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. So maybe before we wrap up, just like tell, like how, how can people get a hold of Colton? Oh yeah. Um, so I they have, just, they just text me and I'll send his contact. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> just text his number. Her number is five, five, five. So we have an Instagram and it's at Colton Broadbent design, or I think it's actually at C Broadbent design. But if you type in Colton Broadbent design and you can see our Instagram, but we also have a website has our contact info um, office at Colton Broadbent design for inquiries. And uh, yeah, that's how people, I'm not going to get my number out. That'd be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> What's sad about Colton's Instagram handle, I'm going to say it here, so maybe he'll change it, is that there's no pictures of Colton on it. And he's such a lovely human that you're like, I want to see the person that's creating all these homes. So that's you'll true. have to get on and introduce yourself at some point. I know. I need to get in front of the camera. Mark, so. I mean, you guys are the masters of marketing. I'm so impressed by you guys because <laughs> it's a lot. It I, is I, a lot. I, I never do it, but I yeah. should do more. So. Yeah, that you should. I mean, even just sketching or doing something Mm -hmm. you can be doing your craft if it makes you more comfortable but yeah colton's a total dream to work with and we are thoroughly enjoying as our clients the projects that we get to do together so well thank you guys and thanks again for having me of course yeah and if you guys are embarking on your dream home pick the right team um pick people that you really love and then it won't feel quite as painful or it won't feel like work right Mm -hmm. (laughs) thanks for listening everybody we'll catch you next time Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating.